Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Crushing Disappointment. If in the last episode we were broadening out the term of crush, this episode we're sticking a dynamite in it as I chat with James about his crush on the song Pure Shores by All Saints. I'm going to try and do a proper introduction for this episode, or a longer introduction. So in terms of the editing of this episode, James and I got a bit off topic, started talking about different bands, different types of music. I think I've done okay, but I'd be interested to know if anyone thinks the tangents are interesting or whether these should have been scrapped. Um, I've also maybe gone a bit too far with the editing. So, so far I've been cutting out little bits here and there, taking out any um, mmms or some long pauses or that sound that people make, the kind of, before you say a sentence, well, I, I seem to be doing it quite a lot. So I've taken those out. But then I sort of got a bit carried away and I started moving bits about. So there's a bit in this where James and I were actually talking about <laughs> Anthony the Johnsons. Or we'd stopped talking, they were the seed of the conversation. James was talking about how he prefers, how he gets more pleasure from music rather than lyrics. And then I've kind of just slammed that in the middle of a uh, conversation about pure shores. So um, I'm not sure of the morality of that. But um, I'm hoping as I get better as being an interviewer, there'll be less need for me to make these edits. So, for example, when I was chatting to Anna, there was a few questions that I'd forgot to ask Anna in the um, John Reese Myers episode. So I moved those earlier. And I don't know, that's kind of given me a license to go a bit crazy with it. And I guess maybe also I've come to realise, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit, I've maybe done quite a few like vanity edits. Like I tend to mumble quite a bit before I say a question. I've been cutting that out. Yeah, so, I've done, so with this episode, there's quite a bit of editing, and with the next one as well, it's similar. But I'm hoping that as I get better at it, there'll be less and less. Um, what else is on my list? Oh yeah, um, so in this episode, we're discussing the song Pure Shores. Because of copyright issues, I can't put the song <laughs> in the episode, even though it would be really, really handy. So I'll put a link in the description so that you can listen to that, if, you do, if you're not familiar with it. Um, there's actually a point in the interview where I play it to James, who's not heard it in a long time. So I don't know if you're sitting at home rather than commuting, that might be a good point to listen to it. I also show him a clip from The Beach in which Leonardo DiCaprio and Virginie Ledoyen go swimming in the sea. And the song Pure Shores is playing in the background. I'll um, throw that clip in the description as well. What else do I have to say? I think that's basically it. Cool. So here we go. Um, episode three. So I sent you a text saying, I'm doing this podcast about crushes. Yeah. How do you go from that point to picking a song? No one else has come back with a song. Well, I suppose you, you said in your, when you contacted me about your first crush. And so I trawled back through my memory to try and think of when my first crush was. And it's kind of all very hazy. And I never, I don't have any particular person that comes to mind and I tried to think of celebrities or film stars and such like and I and just nothing came to mind I just never had any kind of I mean I, I find some celebrities attractive but I'd never say I had a crush on them and the only thing I remember like the earliest memory I have of ever having that feeling of a crush or having a feeling of attraction to not a particular person but just that feeling of attraction was when I was listening to this song in primary school. <laughs> yeah, we were, we're every when we had assemblies, we had different music when we walked into the assembly hall, and one week was All Saints, Pure Shores, <laughs> and 
I, I assume that week maybe I, I must have been attracted to some girl. I mean, it wasn't... I don't really have a memory of being attracted to a person particularly. All I have is a memory of that song and a feeling of being having a crush and just like just the general feeling of realizing that you can have feelings for a girl pretty much i think that was the first time i ever was aware of the opposite sex mm-hmm. at the age of I don't know, seven or eight i assume it must have been yeah i think it came out in 2000 so yeah so yeah we, seven or eight now. although i don't imagine that our primary school was up to date, <laughs> yeah. so it could have been years and years who later. knows yeah it's definitely in, in primary school so you know younger than 10 mm-hmm. yeah. so you had that reaction to it immediately. It's not like a case of nostalgia of looking back and seeing that. I mean, it's it's hard to know with memory because you can never trust your memory, really. It may. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was that song, but I haven't listened to it since. So in my head, it's always been that song. And now that's what I associate with it. And I, I don't ever remember sort of particularly enjoying the song. Or it wasn't just like, oh, this song's great. And I'm <laughs> associating with this time or anything. It was just that song was very much associated with that particular feeling. And I think because I've never listened to it since, it's never, it was, it never became like oh, the music I listened to. It's never had any other meaning other than that one week and that one time I heard it. And that's all I associate with it. And I guess because it's probably quite a strong and powerful feeling when you feel it for the first time, you're going to associate it quite strongly with it. Yeah, I can't remember where I saw it, but I was reading about like, the link between music and nostalgia and it was the idea that songs will create more of a, a feeling in you than a specific memory it's not like you think of the song and you think you remember that specific time it's perhaps more of i remember being that age yeah but i guess you've got the specific memory of it being in assembly so does it extend to when you hear that song do you see yourself in that assembly hall or do you have that just a sensation of being that age yeah i think it's more the sensation of being that age and being in that place it's not necessarily sitting you know, the third row back in the assembly hall. <laughs> I just remember that's where I heard it. Like, oh yeah, that's where I heard it. But it's kind of more the image of that song. Like, I remember sitting down and seeing an image of water and like someone swimming. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what brings up more than the fact that I was sitting in an assembly room. And as you say, swimming, I remember when we first talked about the song, you couldn't remember what the band was. You say you thought it was either Atomic Kid. Yeah, I thought it was like it was some girl band, like Sugar Bears, Atomic Kid. I didn't, I didn't really know. And then the song you said it was that it was a swimming. Yeah, song. So all I remember is like somebody was swimming closer. That's all I could remember. Like that, that was, it was just that, and that was the main image I had from it. Like when I think of it, it's all quite dark, and on the edge of a swimming pool of the sea, and all I see is like these waves lapping, <laughs> and someone swimming. <laughs> yeah, and I guess yeah, that's kind of all I took from it. But I think the idea, of, as you said, uh, music creating nostalgia for a particular feeling or a particular time rather than a specific place, maybe because when you listen to music, it takes a while to... I mean, sometimes you have an impact straight away. Like, that's you remember, that's the first time I heard that piece. Mm-hmm. But often it builds, you know, you listen to it repeatedly and you often listen to it repeatedly when you're in a certain mood. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe sometimes when you're a teenager, you go and listen to Nirvana when you're in a certain mood or <laughs> yeah. you listen to Radiohead. So that music is always going to take you back to teenage years when you're feeling angsty or something. So one of my main questions that I was supposed to ask is, do you think you've got synesthesia? <laughs> <laughs> is that where you associate memories with... So if I went on... Like, isn't it memories with flavours and colours and smells? Yeah, essentially. So I went on for neuroscience for kids <laughs> and their definition is that... Um, Synesthesia is a condition in which one sense, for example hearing, 
it's simultaneously perceived as if by one or more additional senses, such as sight. So you can see smells. <laughs> my my mother and sister claim to have that. Mm. Uh, well, in a way, they they see colours with certain words. Uh-huh. Like every word, every letter, mm-hmm. they have a colour associated with it. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, you say P, and they'll say oh, green. Yeah, and like they'll see it, and I can sometimes see that, but. Not that strong. They they seem to have it quite strongly, mm-hmm. but I think listening to music and associating it with an image, or maybe a smell, but not not every time. It's just like only if it does have something obviously strongly related. Yeah, because you know. music definitely you, you can have an emotional impact from just listening to a song, and yeah. especially when you intertwine memory with it. Yeah, but I guess to say that you have a crush on a song is very specific. It's because I would say there's. I mean, I should probably find out a good definition for a crush if I'm going to do this yeah. constantly. But <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's often there's an element. So, so the interviews I've done so far, there's like a, there's an erotic element to it, or there's an aspirational element to it. How do you have that with a song? So I I would say my idea of a crush wouldn't have an aspirational element. Mm-hmm. I think my idea of a crush is kind of an unreasoned attraction to someone. It's kind of you can have a crush on someone you don't know. I'm sure I remember in sort of like teenage years just seeing someone just suddenly having a crush on them and like I'd never even spoken to them, didn't even know their name mm-hmm. and for some reason just like there was this like they weren't, I mean obviously they must have been attractive at least but mm-hmm. nothing, just a random person almost and it's kind of I think the time you're going through puberty where you know you start to feel things yeah. in an odd way and I think in a way that song kind of just makes me feel those sort of kind of unreasoned, almost illogical attraction. Not to a specific person, not necessarily to the song in itself, but it just brings those feelings for some reason. Yeah. And it's not I think that's how I define a crush, not not to be like if I if I knew someone and was really attracted to them and liked their personality and mm-hmm. you know, and all started to love them, then that wouldn't be a crush because that's more than a crush. A crush to me just sounds like something you definitely have in your teenage years or younger when it's kind of almost illogical and there's no real foundation for why you can't explain why you attract them it's just this kind of natural desire to be near them for some reason yeah. even though you, you can't really put your finger on it mm. and i think that song kind of just makes me feel that somehow so was pure shores the type of music you were listening to at the time were you into music at the time no i yeah i hadn't discovered music yet um i don't think you know i hadn't didn't buy a cd player till i was like 12 i think so okay. it was a good a good few years before i started like actively listening to music and since then i've never listened to that sort of music (laughs) i mean in a way that's maybe a surprise you know because it obviously had some impact on me but i I remember at the time being slightly embarrassed by liking it for some Mm -hmm. reason you know even then i think i was a bit wankerish and didn't (laughs) want to like the popular charts yeah well it was i forgot my stats (laughs) number one for two weeks and remained the chart for 16 weeks it was the second biggest selling single of the year 2000. Really? So it was everywhere. And as yeah. someone who, as you say, is a bit wanky, <laughs> it would have been to like the second best selling single of the year wouldn't have been something that you would have uh, got on board with. No, probably not. But then at the age of seven, I don't know if my wankeriness had, had developed and had, had fully f- flourished yet, yeah. you know, until I started listening to Vivaldi and Bach. <laughs> it hadn't quite come through. So you have two older siblings. What were they listening to? And was it that thing of older siblings passing down their music taste to the younger sibling? There was, I think, there was some delayed passing down. Mm-hmm. I remember 
my brother was very went through a phase of being very much into Nirvana and Guns N' Roses and he, was, he got into skating and sort of like the kind of grunge rock scene. I mean, your brother was much cooler than you in school. That's he, much, much cooler, yeah. Um, but because he liked that, I felt I couldn't like that. That was like <laughs> his stuff. And like, I listened to Nirvana and I was like, yeah, that's quite good. But my brother likes that, so I shouldn't <laughs> like that. And it was only when I got a little bit older that I kind of admitted that, yeah, okay, I can like the same stuff as him. <laughs> So yeah, he did pass a few things down, and I guess I passed a few things up. <laughs> I probably passed more up than him down. <laughs> but it was, it was only as I got older and got over that idea that I can't like the same stuff as my brother that we, we did start to converge in some of our tastes. Mm-hmm. And with my sister, she was two seven years older, and maybe wasn't into... I didn't hear her play as much music as my brother did. So she, there's a few things she passed down, but I guess because the age gap was slightly bigger, then she wasn't didn't play stuff as often i wouldn't pick as much up from her really i mean the image i have of your family being young is all sitting around the record player <laughs> listening to some like new wave <laughs> all little, discussing yeah, the nuances <laughs> him. Yeah. and so, so like what, oh how i wish how, like how accurate is that like that what, is quite far from the truth i mean really. you're, you're, were your parents into music yeah my parents my dad listens to a lot of music i, I think maybe one of the reasons I started listening to music, you know, must come from my family listening to music and maybe in a way a slightly sort of male fascination with gear and technology <laughs> and like my dad sort of, I remember my brother buying a hi-fi system and like I remember going around the shops with him and my dad and they were like looking through the magazines and looking at <laughs> reviews and I was like, yeah, that's cool. I want one of those. And like he bought, you know, the first time he bought separates, you know, he bought an amp and a CD player and speakers and and that was kind of like the thing to do when you get to like 15, 16. So when I got that age, it's like, yeah, it's time for me to buy a hi-fi system. And I think almost I inherited the idea of listening to music more than the actual music itself, mm-hmm. which you kind of makes you sort of appreciate music just by the fact that you want to use your new <laughs> CD player. So does that mean you you turn away from Spotify? Is that not something that you... Yeah, I do. I do naturally turn away from Spotify, but I think because... Maybe when I was starting to listen to music, obviously I think it was on CD, and you build up a, a CD collection, and you somehow become attached to the idea of having a physical item, and you know having a place for it, and being able to get it out and play a whole album. And when Spotify came out, and I started listening to it, first I was just overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to listen yeah. to. There's just there's too much out there, and I mean it is amazing. It's great, but just there's so much choice. You get so lost in it. I feel I can't really appreciate the music as much because I start listening to one thing and then see, oh, you may enjoy this artist, mm. you, this relates to artists, and you just keep clicking and clicking, and you maybe listen to one or two tracks from each each artist, and you just get lost in it. Whereas if you have a CD or a record, you kind of have a relationship with that one album, and you listen to it all the way through many times, and you just listen to that one album for like a few weeks, mm-hmm. and you, you just appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. Although having said that, I so many of my favourite artists now I've discovered through Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I still listen to it as a way to discover new artists, but then maybe I'd go buy that CD or record afterwards. It feels to me like with Spotify, it can be, you can find more new music, as you say, but it's also, it's much more disposable. Like, exactly, if yeah. I buy a CD, I'm going to listen to it. And actually, I might even not like it that much, but I'm going to listen to it enough times that I actually end up yeah. really appreciating it. And yeah. maybe I'll like read the cover or like go on the lyrics or like find out who the producer yeah. is. And with Spotify, I might give something a few seconds and then be like, no, it's not for me. Yeah, or certainly not, a track. Yeah. And never really be able to develop that relationship. Yeah. And 
I found with some of the CDs I have bought when I was younger, I was really got really into REM, and I don't. I mean, it was kind of on a whim that I bought one of their albums. Like I heard one track, and it was a bit of a whim. And then I ended up like have like ten of their albums or so. And uh, now I sometimes listen to them and think, yeah, they're they're pretty average at best. <laughs> <laughs> like like if I heard them now on Spotify, like they wouldn't get past the first play. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I bought those albums and spent how many hours just listening to those albums, they have some meaning to them now. And even though maybe they're not as the greatest albums. Just because I've sat down and listened to them, they have their own worth, mm-hmm. which you don't... I mean, I guess maybe now with Spotify, you can filter out that sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. then maybe you miss out miss out on some some things that you don't put the effort in, yeah. in a way. Do you feel a greater sense of either identification or the idea of... I don't know how to say it. You So someone comes over and they see their albums, and it's like they see that as like a, a part of you as having... Like, James is an REM fan, or you can sort of present that as... I don't know. But I don't quite know what I'm trying to say. Do you get it? And yeah, it's also like a, a reflection on your personality, almost, or a yeah. reflection on your taste. Or especially like being a teenager, like you have like you grunge kids listening to Nirvana, like that's all the skaters. Like that's kind of it becomes your identity. And with Spotify, you perhaps have the chance to flip through more different genres, but you maybe don't get that sense that deep connection. You don't. You're not part of like one community of this is your music, almost. I guess in a way. Especially as a teenager, you, you you definitely, or at least I find, you definitely were wanting to be part of a crowd or wanting to be part of the people who like Nirvana and that sort of scene or the people who listen to hip-hop or, you know, you do feel more that you should belong to one group. But I think as you grow older, or at least I find that my tastes diverge quite a lot and I no longer really... I mean, I say to myself, I don't really care what people think about the music I listen to. I think subconsciously, deep down, there probably is some part of me that, you know, would like to. But I prefer to think that I just listen to the music that I enjoy and don't really care what other people think about what sort of music I listen to. Daniel Levitin, from his book, um, This Is Your Brain on Music, The Science of Human Obsession, Mm. says that we are discovering music on our own for the first time when we're young, often through friends, we listen to the music they listen to as a badge, as a way of belonging to a certain social group. That melds the music to our sense of identity. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that goes with what we've been uh, saying. Or Just a better saying. way of saying it, really. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's a succinct way of saying it, especially, I think particularly in the, I'm going to say teenage years, mainly because that's when you definitely kind of start to want to find a group, don't you? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember sort of outside school, you'd hang around with the same people and there's definitely certain physical areas mm. where people hang around that like oh the emos hang there the the geeks hang over there in the <laughs> garden or whatever and you know you do all bond over the same sort of music and that's kind of like one of the main things you can associate with each other it's like oh yeah you like nirvana i like nirvana yeah. we should be friends like yeah. whereas in natural fact that's got nothing to do with it like if you if you like nirvana and i like beyonce pretty sure we can still be friends. Yeah, but I guess you could have... A, if, if you... Nirvana speaks to a certain person and you could say that you've got overlapping sort of concerns or issues and... I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I think that when you're a teenager, most people have very overlapping <laughs> concerns, don't they? Yeah. But I think I think even... Even if Nirvana speaks to you, I think the same ideas could be coming from a completely... Like, you could be listening to some hip-hop or something mm-hmm. and be getting this exactly the same concerns you're getting from listening to Nirvana. It's just you happen to here in a different channel a bit you can still have the same overlapping ideas yeah. there's no reason why you shouldn't be friends but i think when you're a teenager you know you can't be 
Oh man, that guy looks rap. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen, um, was it High Fidelity with John Cusack? No. I think they're putting together their top five albums of all time. And they sort of, the way that they go about it is they'll put one sort of newer album on there as like a renegade choice, but they'll have defined these are great albums on there and it kind of boosts up you're allowed to have that other album because you get the taste. Right, yeah. One, I feel a bit like that sometimes <laughs> where if I meet someone new and say, oh, what sort of music are you into? I wouldn't hit them straight away with the embarrassing stuff. <laughs> I would hit them yeah. with the stuff that I think is cool. Yeah. Or like how to try and feel them out and see what they're into. Yeah, and then kind of reflect a bit yeah. as to what they, they like. And then once we've got that, um, enough of a rapport, then I can be actually like, I really like this thing. Yeah, I think that's pretty natural. I think I would probably follow that. I think having like... The more diverse music taste you have, the more you can field your music taste to other people. Yeah, it shouldn't really matter, should it? I think I always find it, I always hate when people say, oh, what music do you like? Mm-hmm. Oh, what music do you listen to? It's like, it's like, well, how do you answer that? Like, you can't, genre doesn't really exist anymore mm-hmm. as such. Like, I can't say, oh, I like alternative. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's nothing you can say. It's like, oh, I like Radiohead. You know, that's always a good one because everyone likes Radiohead. <laughs> and even if they don't, they say, oh, you're cool, you like Radiohead. Yeah. I mean, Radiohead is one of those bands where I probably know one album, but if... I you should pop- listen to them all. They're the greatest band of our generation. Um, so I think OK Computer is the album that I know, and then don't. Pablo Honey just because of Creep. Oh, don't listen to Pablo Honey. No? Do you, not, do you not like Creep? That whole album is just terrible. <laughs> it's like the Radiohead have only produced one bad album, <laughs> and that's Pablo Honey. <laughs> like, just, if, if, just forget that album. Okay. I mean, that was, yeah. Okay, computer. Base it on okay, computer. If you're only going to base it on one album, but really, they are. You should you should listen, to them. they are the greatest band of our generation. I mean, are you are you not hating on Pablo Honey because it's got Creep on it, which is the main song that everyone knows, and you kind of want to distance yourself from the popular one? <laughs> no, I, I don't even think it is the the main popular song. I mean, it's the one that got them famous, I guess. But I mean, if you listen to Okay Computer, Karma Police, that's probably more famous, I'd say. Yeah, maybe maybe amongst people who are into music, but I'd say I think my parents would probably know Creep, but they wouldn't know Karma Police. If they listened to Karma Police, <laughs> they would know it. But if you if you listen to oh, like Pablo Honey, it just sounds like a different band. Like they're just not it's not at all the same music. It's kind of like generic guitar music, really quite boring. Whereas every other album is just so new and innovative and exciting. No, yeah, I do I do genu- genu- genuinely believe they are. Probably the best band I've ever heard. Are they... When you say best, does that mean favourite? Um, not necessarily favourite, no. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes find it a bit annoying. I just think they're the best quality. You know, they're mm-hmm. just the most exciting, the newest. Or There's always something new and interesting, something different, something unexpected. Of, of our time, I can't think of anything else that has topped them, really, that I've heard. I guess that distinction between favourite and best... Does that perhaps link into what we were saying earlier about would favourite need to have like an emotional connection to it? Yeah, I think so. Like you could objectively say Radiohead are great, yeah. but maybe you didn't catch them at that particular moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, Radiohead do definitely have a very emotional connection as well. I mean, I, I sort of started listening to them in my teens so, and then I've been listening to them ever since. So there's, there's definitely sort of a strong emotional connection. But I think... Sometimes with the Radiohead, it's kind of like everything that goes with them starts to annoy me. The way people, I mean, even I've just said they're the greatest band of my generation, <laughs> but the way people just like go mad about them, like whenever they release a new concert or something, their tickets are sold out within like 30 seconds. And when a new album comes out, everyone's kind of like analyzing, you know, what the lyrics are. And people kind of 
give it a greater sense of importance when really it is just some music. And that kind of annoys me in a way, even though I do agree that they are just absolutely amazing. But yeah, maybe that's why I kind of sometimes this whole idea is like, oh, Radiohead, really, I can't bother them today. I think I, I can't remember what festival they were at, but they were doing their sound check and people <laughs> yeah. thought that it was new material. Yeah, like, oh, what's this? Yeah, it's sounding really good. And yeah. people, you saw these tweets from people saying, like, it's, it's really unconventional. <laughs> like, but it's, I think it's Radiohead back to their best. <laughs> and so. <laughs> and it, that's exactly it, what I don't like about Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean they, that soundtrack could have been amazing oh, but, I, I, I can't believe i missed it as well but, but, maybe, but maybe it's maybe music in general is one of those things that you take from it what you bring to it if you go into listening to that sound check expecting something great you're listening for every yeah beat of it that's true and i think to sort of laugh at those people who found something from it yes there's there's perhaps an element of it which is sort of looking down <laughs> like feeling themselves being very high brown to their yeah. music but I, I don't think that it necessarily is without value to see. No, I mean, those people are also getting value out of it, aren't they? Or at least they're... Be- are they convincing themselves? Are they truly convincing themselves? Or are they trying to convince other people? You know, are, inside, are they thinking, yeah, this has got value? Or are they only saying that because they feel they should say that because it's Radiohead? Like, I remember when I was first listening to Radiohead and, like, got really into them and they were a really cool band. Obviously, they still are. And, like, there's some tracks on some of their albums which are a little bit too out there and just a little bit painful to listen to and like now if they come up I'd not just skip them like <laughs> I just haven't got time for it I haven't got the time of day for you know this just painful noise pretty much but remember I used to try and listen to it and think try and get something out of it and like maybe this is good maybe this is interesting but now it's just like Radiohead is just a band and sometimes they make shit music but most of the time it's amazing I mean linking that back to all Saints. <laughs> 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 greatest band <laughs> art. <laughs> well that's because so you know people talk about bubblegum pop as being something that you like chew once spit out because it only has one thing to it but pop has an immediate impact I think and it can convey emotions very quickly and that All Saints song I was listening to it earlier today and I felt something while listening yeah. to it it's both like dreamlike and it's calming I think it, it gets us into all these poles like the most relaxing songs of all time yeah and I've listened to the the top five singles of that year. I think it has some of the rest of those songs don't have. I mean, the top song was Bob the Builder, Can We Fix? <laughs> <laughs> Which was the only song. That's... I mean, that has everything in it, though, doesn't it, Matt? <laughs> and then that song sold more than um, All Saints. Really? Wow. Well, I, I think to be a popular pop song, you have to, it has to be, yeah, it just has to be instant, doesn't it? You know, it has to stir some emotion instantly because there's so much noise to fight through to to get people to listen mm-hmm. you know you're gonna hear it once or twice on a radio and then you need people to remember it mm-hmm. and it's, i think it's a lot about rememberability of it as well something that's catchy that's what pops about isn't it yeah it's like a catchy tune i guess if you're if the song is about a very specific circumstance that only relates to a few people it's not going to have that broad appeal yeah it's not going to have universal appeal, exactly but so wait i've got the lyrics so... <laughs> are you going to sing them <laughs> i give it a go but so so it's, I've crossed deserts for miles, swam water. Sorry, because I can't. <laughs> yeah. what, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at is, it's this feeling of wanting to escape. It's wanting to be somewhere else, not be a part of where we are yeah. currently. And it's doing it through images of crossing deserts, swimming, searching places. Mm. It's kind it's, of generic sort of metaphors that we all use. Exactly. And we, all, we can all visualise. And we've maybe even said it before ourselves, you know. And I guess that anyone can put themselves... 
you know, project their own problems onto that. So do you think in that in that school assembly, you were listening to the lyrics? Do you think you had a sense of wanting to escape? <laughs> or is always or the lyrics passing you by? Because it's the first time I'd actually really listened to what it was on about today. Yeah, I, I don't... Right now, I can't say what the song was on about. Um, all I remember is one image of someone swimming. So I don't think the lyrics were anything to do with it, really. I mean... But you say image. No, no, I suppose it must have been because it was all I remember is the lyric swimming closer to you, and I have an image of someone swimming closer to me. Yeah, but I, I wasn't picking up on like some metaphor or anything like that about feeling lost or searching for anything. So I yeah, I also picked up on one image, but I think the musicality of of the music rather than the ideas are more important to me, and I think that that's what for me brings across the emotional connection in the music. It's not listening to the ideas as such it's it's that initial impact of the music which because i think if you listen to the lyrics and the ideas it's kind of like a two-stage thing where you have to start you have to you also have to engage with it you have to understand it and then you start to feel something whether if you get an impact straight away from the music mm-hmm. you can somehow understand it without even thinking about it yeah. without even being aware of it. it goes beyond kind of rational thought somehow mm. where you don't have to analyze like i'm not a massive fan of analysis yeah you don't have to analyze and you don't have to worry about analyzing all i know is that i'm listening to this and it makes me feel this or i enjoy this and that's all that's kind of i mean i listen to a lot of music without words so classical music or instrumental music and that does just as much for me as any pop song or any rock or whatever because that has often more emotions stirred through that sort of music Mm mm-hmm and just instantly, you don't have to. You don't have to think about why. Why d- does it cause that? You just have to sit down and let it do that. Mm. It's interesting because I feel like we—that's one of the ways in which we've diverted. Yeah. Because I guess maybe because I, I don't. I don't play a musical instrument. I don't have a musical mind. I was much more like I did literature and film and yeah. stuff. And how post university, I sort of went to that hip hop was mm. the place where I went to because it was so far away from the stuff I was listening to before, and that is all about lyrics and wordplay yeah. and poetry and that's where i currently get pleasure from yeah. in music yeah I, th- I think for me in the opposite way the way i went go towards more sort of like the musicality side of it rather than the lyrics is because i get more pleasure from or gain more from the idea that you can have some emotional response to something that isn't a concrete idea like you can listen to a violin, just a violin on its own, and feel so much. And I just think that's amazing that you're not you're not listening to a story as such. I mean, there is a story in there which sometimes is really quite clear. You know, you know, instruments can speak quite a lot. But I just think it's amazing how you can have an emotional response to something that isn't words, isn't something that is ob- an obvious idea, and that's kind of seems more intrinsic to like human emotion somehow, and seems more intense more sort of basic and I think that's kind of what music should do it should stir those really basic emotions and really strong emotions and if you can do it without words it kind of seems more powerful that might be a good time to actually play the song <laughs> are you are you nervous about hearing it again <laughs> I'm quite quite excited you know I, d- I mean I don't want to ruin it though that's the thing I think now it will just it won't feel the same like I've got this you know how you you can build up a memory or an idea of something mm-hmm. and you can reinforce that memory by continue to think oh that's what I felt about that that's what or that's what actually happened yeah and then you relive it if you can in some way by listening to it again and it all means something completely different like oh it's kind of ruined it 
I think when I, when I was talking to Anna, there's been times I've watched films from when I was young and I've been waiting for a scene that was in my head yeah. and I'm actually, that scene doesn't exist. It was just something that I've yeah. created and you sort of, if you don't listen to it again and again, you, you just sort of manufacture your perfect version of it. Yeah, I think that's true with yeah lots of things. Even with, can even be true with people. Like mm-hmm. if you don't see someone for a while or you have an image of, you could like, maybe you had a good time with someone for a week or so and then you have this like rosy image like oh, that person that week is just so perfect with them and then you see them again later and you kind of just think oh well, they're really boring <laughs> what, what, what did I ever what did I see in them yeah and it's kind of yeah you can just reinforce your memory of something or someone and it just skews it memory just changes every time let's put it on what are your first thoughts it sounds different to, to my memory of it. Okay. It's strange. It kind of, when it's building up to the chorus, I kind of feel, oh, it's it's about to kick into the bit I remember, and then it completely changes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's there's kind of the general feeling that, uh, you know, it does bring that general feeling back. But then I start to listen more, and I'm like, do I remember this? I don't don't know if I do remember this. <laughs> and it's it's a weird combination of sounding completely different to what I remember, mm-hmm. but then also it's just something about the background music or just the rhythm of it that that is absolutely the same it must be and that does bring back some of those memories and i think if i if i had like didn't have any memory of it like if it hadn't heard it before i listened to it, i think well this is boring and shit mm-hmm. but now i'm like oh yeah this yeah there's something about this so yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you, you don't see any similarities with type of music that you listen to now no no can be very, 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 very quite far away from that sort of music i'd say yeah and do you feel like you had a proustian moment oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so proustian what's so, proustian so proustian yeah it's, i think that's what it's called so the yeah so in proust's novel in search of lost time he has a character who eats a mandolin cake and essentially they've not had that cake since childhood. Right, okay. And it absolutely transports them back to that moment. And it's not even a case of memory. It's just they feel like they are in that moment. Yeah. I wouldn't say I've had a Proustian moment. No. I, I think because... I think if it catches you unawares, I would imagine it would be much more likely. Like if I if I was just listening to the radio and that came on and I wasn't thinking about maybe it would take me back. But because I knew I was going to listen to it and I was already thinking about it, and it was kind of like... I was ready to be transported back. I was like, right, let's let's be transported back. Yeah. And because you're expecting so much from it, it doesn't deliver. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was just like catch you in the way, just hear it out of the blue, you'd be suddenly like reminded of it. I think because I'd already transported myself back there mm-hmm. and was already kind of thinking about it, you don't feel much change. Whereas if you just hear it out of the blue, you're instantly reminded of it just without even remembering you had the memory of it, maybe. I mean, you say that you didn't, listening to the song again you weren't a huge fan of it but i did ask you if you wanted to stop after <laughs> after the first verse of the chorus you wanted to continue was that because you didn't feel like you were waiting for that moment that you said you yeah i mean it had it it kind of did make me feel it did take me back and i just wanted to kind of because it was like half half how i remembered it and half very different i was kind of just wanted to make sure you know, I was trying to, like maybe something else happens like is there another is the next chorus different it's like no it's the same thing we get halfway through the interview and you realize, oh it was atomic yeah. <laughs> it was whole again yeah Maybe it was even. <laughs> I really don't know, actually. But in my head, I have... When I... I mean, I think it's just because I don't know much about, like, girl bands of the 1990s. Mm. 
in my head when I hear that song, I think I see Atomic Kitten or Sugar Babes. I don't know what. I'm pretty sure I see Sugar Babes, like the image of them. Are you familiar with the film The Beach? No. With it's a Danny Boyle film starring Leonardo DiCaprio, in which they go to an. I think he goes to an island. He's like a traveler or something. I haven't heard of it. Okay, here's a clip from The Beach. Matt, you've blown my mind. <laughs> so when yeah, when I was researching this song earlier, I found out that it was actually. I think it was commissioned by the film. So they took the scene of Leonardo DiCaprio and the actress who I don't know the name of, the scene of her them swimming, and they took that to um, Shazne Lewis from All Saints and said, asked her to make a song for that scene specifically. So I was hoping <laughs> that... Because when we were talking about the song, you said that the thing that you remembered was swimming. Yeah. And then this scene is just them swimming together. Yeah. And I was thinking that maybe this is actually where you <laughs> saw it. You know what? I mean, I don't remember that film at all. I don't know if I've ever seen that. But that image is exactly what I had in my head. <laughs> when I had that, because I had in my head, like, dark water at night. And it was exactly that. Like, I can't remember Leonardo DiCaprio there. Um, they use lots of clips from the film in the music video. So I don't know if you'd have ever been I don't think I'd it. ever seen the music. I mean, maybe, maybe I did somewhere. I don't ever remember seeing it. But that is... Either they've done an absolute fantastic job at, at creating a song to you know, bring the image of, of that particular scene <laughs> on that particular beach. But that is uncannily like my imagination of what that song is about. Mm-hmm. And that is quite impressive. <laughs> I mean, it, I must have seen that at some point. But it's strange that, I suppose you, your memory kind of gets a bit muddled, but I don't ever remember associating with a film. All I remember was that being in my head, like imagining that. But that what that black water was exactly what I imagined. Mm. Because I guess that would be, I don't know, we're talking about crushes. Like, that's a more conventional crush scene of the two of yes. them in water. I mean, they, they look exactly. gorgeous together. They do. Leonardo's beautiful. Yeah, they're coming out of the water, and it's, it's yeah, ideal. it's a real magical... On a moonlit beach with lit up plankton. Yeah, it's, it? so, it's so idyllic. Yeah, right. I want to be there. So what I wanted to link that to was actually to say how this moment has actually defined your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> because, so the whole point of the beach is Leonardo DiCaprio is essentially bored of his mundane life so he's got a quote where he says i just feel like everyone tries to do something different but you always wind up doing the same damn thing and so he goes off and he travels and now in the last year or so you went on a long travel where you were cycling by yourself yes trying to capture that filler from pure shores i think it may well have defined my whole life i mean because you talked about it throughout school like this was your ambition was to go off and cycle and i think this is the seed (laughs) listen to pure shores yeah has made me want to cycle around the world. Yeah. I mean, it, maybe that film... When was this film written? I think, oh, I think it came out in 2000. Okay, well, I suppose the song was commissioned for it. Yeah. Maybe I did see this film without... Really, I was, maybe I've, like... Sometimes, you know, I'd be on the couch and fall asleep. Maybe I did watch it without realising it, and it has affected my whole life. <laughs> it does seem to sum me up very well. <laughs> Having a crush on some girl in the water yeah. and then going cycling because I don't have a mundane life. Yeah. It is kind of... <laughs> you should be a psychologist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did think this would be a real Hail Mary because I thought there's going to be... When you said that you hadn't seen the film, I was like, oh, no, it's, it's going to be... That's probably... even better, though. It's like... It's... it's I must I, I must have seen it. It's that, it's that, real, it's that close to my, the image in my head of what that song is that water I suppose dark water all looks the same doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but even I have images of, of legs as well like these naked legs and, and her legs are flopping around in it quite a bit 
What happens in the end of the film? Actually, no, I think I'll watch it. Yeah, you, you yeah, should go and watch it and see yeah. how, how it... See how the rest of my life pans out. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. Right. <laughs> it, has, it has peaks and troughs, I All think right. is the way I would describe it. Pure Shores is a song that you think about a very specific part of your life. Yeah. Do you have other songs that you see as being comparable? And do you have songs that you feel like you could look back on that in the past year or so that will be touchstones in the same way? Yeah, I think if we're talking about the last year... And as as you said, I've been cycling on my own for a while and listening to the same music quite a bit. I listen to David Thomas Broughton a lot. And I think I've been thinking about going cycling for so long. It's kind of been my goal for so long. Because of the beach. Because of the beach film. That it's kind of, in my head, it's it's going to be like this almost coming of age trip, you know, in a way. And because it's become so important, I think, I'm always always going to remember the start of it. And the music I listen to at that point is going to sum up that feeling of kind of the fear of going around this big trip that in my head I've bigged up so much and it's got to be important, it's got to be good. And the excitement of going off travelling and just like the sudden freedom of having worked for a few years to save up for it. And there's like so many strong emotions going on there. And I think David Thomas Broughton and his Crippling Black EPs are going to just sum that up. And also what they're talking about is very much reflects what I've been kind of thinking and I can kind of appeals to me a lot. So it's not just the sound of it as well as Pure Shores was, I guess, when I was seven. This is kind of just everything. It just sounds perfect and I've listened to it so much over the past like year or so that's kind of going to sum up this sort of leaving university, leaving work and going off travelling. Do you think you'll be able to listen to David Thomas Broughton in a few years' time or will it be too painful? No, I think I... I think I will. I mean, I don't know yet, because it's not, it's not that it's been like the happiest time of my life, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I'll be able to listen to it. I mean, it's quite sad music, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to stay with me. It feels like something that's going to stay with me forever. Nice. Well, that seems like a perfect time to end. Yeah. James, thank you very much for coming in. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, see you soon. Yeah.